Welcome to The World is Waiting with your hosts, Courtney Burton and Jamie Shepard. Courtney and Jamie are entrepreneurs, world travelers, fitness coaches, friends, and most importantly, Amazing Race super fans. Unedited, unscripted, and 100% real life. The world is waiting. The world is waiting. Let's get to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of our now-named podcast, The World is Waiting. Ever? So thanks for helping us think of the best name. The world is waiting. Yes, we love it. I love it so much because Phil says it at the beginning of every season of The Amazing Race. If you don't watch it, like that is one of his taglines. And I feel like it fits us so well, Jamie, because not only do we love to travel and we're both entrepreneurs and business owners, like one of the big reasons we both started a business ourselves was because we wanted to travel and we wanted experiences and to see the world. Absolutely. And I was just sick of having to beg for time off from my third job, you know, just to like, you know, beg for those PTO days. So being able to just have that off freedom and just the, those passport in hand and, and knowing that we're capable, right. It's like not even just literally traveling the world. It's like living all those dreams out loud, knowing that, you know, as cliche as it sounds, the world is our oyster in business and our personal pursuits and our relational pursuits. And when we go on the amazing race and oh, and the whole thing, literally. So, um, where are you right now? Are you still in Oregon? I am. Okay. I am still in Oregon for another month and a half. And then venue will change to Vermont. The world is waiting for you. Yeah. yeah. Right, so right right into today it. on my home in Vermont. That's like so exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about episode three. I I I'm loving this season. It is my it's my favorite season so far. Like right now, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, I'm really we were chatting before we pressed record for our podcast. We were chatting about the teams and how their personalities are coming out and just how much we are loving that. I just, I just love them all. Like sometimes there's like the villain that, you know, or just the people that are just so dumb. You have a hard time liking them. Cause you're like, how did you not know what kind of race you were going on? Right. Sometimes like the, there's a part of me that like, I don't like they're sweet, but I'm like, you're just kind of too unsavvy to be loved. But everyone on this season, I do love, like, they're just, they're, they're, they have really fun stories and like, they all kind of like, they just seem really real. They seem really real. And they also like, there aren't any teams so far that are making like just terrible mistakes. Um, but they all, we'll see it. I'm sure we'll see it, <laughs> but they all do seem real, right? There've been, there've been seasons in the past that I have seen teams. I'm like, those people do not seem like real human beings. Like they are super athletes or they're, I don't know. They just haven't seemed as real to me. Like I I'm really enjoying the teams. Yeah. Or they seem to be like professional actors that they were very aware they were on camera. I don't know, which is fine. I mean, I would, I would hope that I wouldn't like lose my shit in front of the entire nation on television. Um, but at the same time, like when I'm stressed, when I'm tired, when I'm like nervous, you know, like I'm competitive, I don't know, like you, we've all been in those situations. 
where our shadow self comes out and we don't want anyone like we don't want anyone to see that so I know that's the part that is kind of like the thing that makes this this race so compelling on television because you see we relate like you know what it feels like when the, your partner is pushing you and, and bitching at you and you're giving it your best and we know what it how frustrating it is to be in the car and not to be at the driver's seat and like knowing the person is driving like a grandpa and you just you the control freak comes out of you like you know I mean, I couldn't imagine. So let's get into this week's like roadblock, roadblocks and pit stops and everything. Like I couldn't imagine being the partner standing there, like watching you do one of the tasks. And so this might be something that you guys don't know if you haven't watched the show before, but there are certain um, tasks that one partner, like you should decide one partner has to do it and the other partner can't talk can't help and so sometimes like say Jamie's doing something and it's very obvious the part that she's missing or the thing that she needs to do next and she just can't figure it out and I would just have to be sitting there like oh I would go crazy I'd have to walk away I'd have to or I'd get us DQ'd or something um okay so this episode we're in Scotland have you ever been to Scotland I have it was it's beautiful and um, there, the first task was roadblock. So that means every team has to do the exact same task, um, versus the detour, which is when they, you get to pick. So roadblock was, um, building bagpipes. So I think all the teams knew going into Scotland, they're going to do something with bagpipes. So when the clue had the word bag in it, they like, do you have this in the, who has this in the bag? They all knew. And they had to construct, um, build their bagpipe and then make sure it actually, um, which was so hard like that for me would be a hard task like, you, do you, you think you could have done it oh yeah yeah I think so I, I kind of was like oh that one didn't seem that complicated but to me it seemed hard yeah um and then they had I think I probably would have I mean I love backpack music but like I probably would have gone insane just having that playing because they had the it was like a bagpipe university like it was like a a professional group of bagpipers. I don't even know if that's what you call it, but they were playing the entire time. And I was even like, oh my God, make it stop. Watching the episode, we felt like make this stop. Could you imagine trying to concentrate oh. and put a bagpipe together for the first time ever with all that going on in the background? Yeah, no, I couldn't have imagined that at all. But everyone seemed to do it pretty well. Like no one got super stuck on that and moved through. Um, and then the, the, okay, so this is where the show got a little interesting. And that was where I was like, God, I don't know which one I would have wanted. There was the, I don't remember the name of the the clue, but the kilt, um, you had to do, you had to sing a Scottish, um, like folk song in a kilt and do a little dance with it, with these two little kids, or you had to go to a distillery and re like rebuild a whiskey barrel. So you'd pull off two of the rings, reseal it. And then re-ring it, which was more like that physical labor. The physical task versus the kind of more theatrical dance. Memory. Memory task. Yeah. Which one would you have preferred to do? I always would do the physical task. Like that for me, like I would say 95% of the time, I would be more drawn to the physical task because I know that it is just, I can go in and get it done and just make it happen. Yeah, same, same. I think I can be, I mean, I have a really good memory, but sometimes like if I'm stressed out and like that, 
like the singing because you had to memorize the lyrics and there was a little bit of a jig that you had to go through it mm -hmm. um and but most everyone almost all of the teams chose the dance they chose That's the kilt it. um and then they were running through town in their kilts to to the pit stop which is awesome yeah um but okay so but i will have to say that arun and natalia so that's the father daughter um who has really struggled with like sense of direction like oh my god i just wanted to i was just like oh please stop with the bad directions i um, mean do you i like wonder though like it is is this a theme that's going to be happening the whole time are they going to be able to figure it out like are they i, gonna I don't think they're going to last if they can't figure it out like they're they're bad in the car like I, I first of all, I don't think Natalia is any help. It just, she doesn't seem to be. I mean, that based off of what we're seeing from like the you know the producers. Um, but Arun, like I'm wondering, like why don't they switch places? Like how? Like he does not seem to be a really good navigator. So why don't they switch spots? But they did have they're six super shifts. fans. They're super fans. Like yeah, the reason they're on their sh this show is because they watched like every season every episode she was of eight years show. old yeah since she was eight years old so i'm like so so that's why i'm like how do you not know that driving is such a critical piece and so this was the this was um they had stick shift in this episode which i would have like i love stick shift can you drive a stick so i ride dirt bikes which okay. you have like the clutch and all the things i've driven a stick shift before but i'm not great at it so i would have probably had you drive and i would have been the navigator yeah i think that would that probably works best for me too yeah um so but okay but i did the reason i brought them up is because they're having like the worst day and but the, he was so cute in the dance, like the trousers, the trousers, the trousers, you know, but anyway, I was just like, it made me fall in love with them just seeing, cause I was kind of like, man, I don't know that they got what it takes, but they nailed that dance. They did a great job. They did a great job. I thought that, um, you know, everyone did a great job. Who really stood out to you as like your favorite of this episode? I mean, I love... Pen and I Kim. Is yeah. That yeah. I love Pen and Kim. I really do. When he was in the kill, and I just love their interactions together as a couple. And I, like I said last episode, I think they're going to make it really far just because the all the other teams are going to fall in love with them, like I am, and all the other teams are going to. So they're they've been a standout to me the entire time. Yeah, they are, they were my favorite, like my MVP of this episode. I, I liked them before, but I was like, some of the others just captured my heart a little bit more. I still love the flight attendants. They're solid. Like they're a solid girl team. They know what's um, up. And the DJ girls still kind of annoyed me a little bit, but they had a solid performance that today too. Um, but the, um, but the Holderness, so their last name is Holderness. If you want to follow them on Instagram, it's the Holderness family. And they're just so cute. And I love, I love how, I love how they are with each other. Like yeah. you can tell they're just good friends, you know, like they're tender and respectful. They know each other, how to push each other, but they kind of like hold that space for each other. kind of mess up sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I just really like them. I like their, um, they gen genuinely just seem thankful and happy just to be doing that together, which is so cool. 
they're the perfect example of like we were just talking about a minute ago like you see some couple like like they're on so they're on this season because they started making youtube videos and like funny instagram videos and stuff and went viral and so they're on the amazing race because they're famous like essentially they're like famous in their own space but they're the couple that you see and like you see what they put out on social media and they put out in their videos and then you see them on the show and they're exactly who they portray themselves to be, I feel like. Like in like that just who they are. And I think that's why it's so endearing and like why I love them so much. They're definitely like creeping up there as my they're my top three for sure. And then, um, my dudes, of course. Like yeah. the, the they're, they're solid. I mean, they're not my favorite, but they're solid. They're gonna um uh, I mean, you know, we watched we've watched the show enough to know like when two guys are that solid, they're smart. They're fast. They're fit. They're good looking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that necessarily gives you an edge. when It but does. It does. People, people will help you, right? But they don't really seem to need much help. Um, but no, I think that they'll be in the final. They'll be in the final. Let's talk about who was a freaking disaster this episode. Um, Carol and Ray, the yeah. Love Island couple. Oh, I don't see like happy ever after in the cards for them. What do you think? No, I, I think that love Island is the reality show for them <laughs> and not the amazing race. And I'm sorry. He was kind of a dick. I'm sorry. If you ever see this Ray, like I'm glad if you guys are not together, well, if you're together, then just ignore me. But if you're not like Carol is better off because you were a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and this is the perfect example when you said like people under pressure and in stressful situations, they act differently. And this is not like getting dates on a beautiful island and free drinks and, you know, romance. No, this is real life. Like this is like, this is real travel. And yeah. that's why they love the amazing. I mean, whether you're on the amazing race or you're traveling in real life, these are situations you're going to come, you're going to come against flight delays. You're going to come against, you go to, you show up to a hotel and maybe it looked great online, but it's crappy. Or you go on a tour that you think is going to be amazing and it's terrible. And it's how you react or you have a taxi driver that's terrible. That happens in real life. Yeah. Or you're just jet lagged or the weather doesn't cooperate or you don't feel good or you are running behind. Like, or you're just your person that you're traveling with is annoying you and you can't go take space. Like or you're right and you're just a dick. Like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, but the navigation seemed to be a kind of an illuminating experience for them. Same with Akbar and Sherry. Like, I love them and I love their story like the most, but I do think to their lack of physical fitness, like I'm kind of surprised. I mean, we are fitness coaches for a living. So people, uh, you know, you can't like get fit overnight and undo years and years of, you know, lacking in your wellness. And, you know, maybe they had a two month lead in and there's only so much you can do. That being said, I, I am a little surprised that having been college athletes and knowing this is a physical, you know, competition, they aren't a little bit more prepared. I don't know. Does that mean not, of me to say? No, it's not mean of you to say. It's true. And that being said, I do, you do see that D1 college athlete come out. Yeah. In oh, but in both of them. And also like in I that, that she doesn't like sh- wilt because he's like, 
like he's like hard on her and she she like she doesn't wilt under it so you're kind of like whatever I'll take it like and then comes full circle afterwards I also have I think you're a little bit more just a, a fit overall than me like not just whether how how in shape we are but just I'm just you're more of an athlete than I am court and I've never been one that can like push myself to my breaking point physically like I've played sports my entire life but it's like I'm like I'll modify just because I don't want to go all out so there's I get that part like I'll get I get I can empathize with Sherry in the sense like there's just not that bone in me. That's like, I will just like push through the pain. And like, you know, I just, I I don't really, that's just not how I really am. I'm like, Oh, I'll take it easy. I mean, I will compete, but I'll like be the one having the hyperventilating like side stitch and like crying because I'm so frustrated versus like just running through it. So yeah, I do get that, but I would, you know, I've already, I always think, okay, what would I do? What would you do to get in shape for this? Well, like, what's your training plan? I mean, I know we, we work out for a living, you guys. So we're always at this base level of fitness. Or, I mean, hopefully like that's our job, but obviously to get prepared to be sprinting through big cities, running up mountains, like physical labor, we have to be prepared for all of the possible scenarios. So just our normal workouts aren't going to cut it. So what no. would you do? So here's something about me. That's very interesting. I am I will do like a CrossFit workout or lift weights or, you know, um, do any sort of hit style workout to like, to the point of puking, right? Like I will push my limits and my body. I cannot run. When I say I cannot run, I mean, the, when my husband and I first met like 12 years ago, I got him to sign up for a 5k with me. I was like, Oh my God, let's do a 5k together. It'd be so much fun. Right. It'd be so much fun. He was like, okay. So I went out on the trail every day and I like ran and trained for it. And he did not train at all. We go out to do the run. He's like, all right, I'm going to run with you the whole time. And the first three minutes he runs with me. And then he's like, Oh my, like, I can't do this. There are old ladies speed walking <laughs> past you, Courtney. Like you are the slow, what is going on? And he goes, I'm not a short person. I'm 5'10". Like I have long legs. I have ever, and he's like, what is happening? You are literally running 13 minute miles. It's 5K. Like what is happening? And I'm like, this is just my pace. So I would probably run. Um, and I would really work on my, I'd probably hire a running coach and work on my running endurance because that has always been a weakness of weakness of mine. And then I live in the mountains, right? So I obviously, I would be outside doing tasks. And I think, um, there's a lot of benefit of doing workouts in the gym, like we do, or we work out at home. You know, I have my, I have my, where's my bike. I have my bike back there somewhere, um, you know, riding my bike, but I think, especially for the amazing race, I would be outside in the elements, like on a cold rainy day in my, in my rain gear, like running, like carrying a rock or something weird. Yeah. I love it. Um, what I, what? Would you be doing yoga and being like, I was doing yoga and meditating? No, heck no. I want to win. No, yoga is not going to get us anywhere on, on the race. Other than like, sometimes we might need to zen out. Uh, I'll get back into running shape, but I'll be also on the treadmill with a back. Like I'll be doing it with like a huge backpack. So I'll do as much training as I can, like stack, like pack that backpack full. 
so that I'm just used to carrying that weight. That's the hardest part is like all that extra weight. I know that I would also go, I would get a swimming coach, I think, because that's like the best cardiovascular. Not that there, we don't see swimming a lot, but we see swimming sometimes, but ultimately I think that's going to give endurance for me just at this, like, and swimming's really hard. It helps learn how to like regulate that breathing, which sometimes for me, when I'm struggling physically, it's because my, like, I feel I self-diagnose with like exercise induced asthma, which I don't think I have. It's just me being out of shape. And I'm like, it's my asthma. And I'm like, I told my doctor that one time, long time ago, she goes, who told you you have asthma? I'm like, it just hurts. It hurts to breathe when I'm like running. And she's like, that's because you're probably out of shape. Like, I'm like, okay. You're like, I'm a fitness coach. I know. Never. Um, so I would do that. And I probably would go to like some CrossFit style, bootcamp style classes, like where you're playing with the ropes, you're flipping the tires, just a lot of that physical brute force stuff that we see a lot on the race. Um, yeah. I'd get on a Stairmaster with a backpack and just climb. Do you know what I would do too, probably? If like when, when we get cast, I'm not saying it, I'm saying when we get cast, when? I would take some dance classes because I have, I am have, uh, y'all, I have zero rhythm. See me on the dance floor after a couple of drinks and things look good to me. Maybe I think I look good, but like in right, like I'm sure people watching me are like, what is going on over there? Like, I don't have the rhythm and there's a lot of dance challenges there's a lot of there like, is a lot of dance challenges I mean we've seen surfing we've seen skiing we've seen bobsledding like <clears throat> curling and we've seen it all um but every season there's dancing. there's dancing yes every season and I mean not spoil alert but there's a dancing one there's like a few in these first handful of episodes where there's maybe not dance dance but some sort of a rhythm music. This episode, they did the kilts and they yeah. had to do the song and little dance. Yeah. And they had to do it again if they didn't um, get it totally right. So this is fine for me. Huh? Here's the thing. I really, truly believe. And I feel like like dance is a universal language. So you can be in Spain and learning like flamenco or whatever. And if you understand how to learn from any instructor, the beats and under, you know, like, like yeah. the beats and the, and how to match all together. There's That's always like, a four, there's like, I know there's always like a count. So like the, with dancing, there's a base, like it usually has a four count. And if you can learn how to identify what the four count is when you're doing a dance and that says that is the full extent of my dancing skill knowledge yeah. right there is that there's a four count. Um, but that will help you retain it because you, and then you can break it down and learn step-by-step. So that's a good idea too, is like, yeah, taking some dance classes just to learn how to pick up a routine. You know, I think of all those like great movies from the nineties where like the girl's coming into her own, she's like struggling in ballet school because she's, they broken her spirit and she just doesn't love the sport anymore. And then she goes to like the inner city dance class and like throws herself in with the inner city kids and like finds their love, you know, you know, that, the formula for the nineties dance movie that we've yeah. seen. That's what I envisioned for myself living in central Oregon. That doesn't exist, but and then moving to like the mountains of Vermont. That's going to be great. Yeah. You're going to find so, it. Yeah. I'll find it. Um, all right. Well, that was, that was the kind of the long and short of it. This episode, we do know we teased it last time that after this episode, the pandemic hits. Yeah. So this was February of 2020, where these first few episodes 
I just gave myself chills. And so we know that see, episode four opens up a year and a half later, right? Which is crazy. Yes. So yeah. we don't know. And so we don't know yet what teams come back because a lot of life happens in the year and a half in between the pandemic hitting and them resuming filming. Like, are Caro and Ray still together? Like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, so we yeah. don't really know yet who's coming back and what's happening. Um, where were you Feb February 2020? So that's when they shut down. Yeah. So actually that day, so the next episode, they tell you February 28th is the day that shut down. So February 28th, I actually hiked out of the Grand Canyon the day before that. And I went with my, my coaching team. I brought a group. We went into the Havasu Pai Reservation and Havasu Falls and we were there for five days and we hiked out the day before and spent the day that day, the 28th at the South Rim and stayed there for a night. And then we all flew home. So I know exactly where I was because that was the day I flew home was the first U.S., which is why they probably shut it down that day, because that was the first COVID confirmed case in Seattle in the United States that day. Wow. Or death. Maybe it was the first death, not the first case, but the first confirmed COVID death or something like that. It was like a really pivotal day. And then it was a couple of weeks later that like, cause at that point, Italy was already locked down. Like Italy, I mean, they weren't in Italy, like right there in Scotland, but at that point, Italy had already locked their entire country down. So had Germany. So we weren't really feeling it in the US much that day, that week, but that only came two weeks later. Yeah. It's crazy. Where were you? I was um, like eight and a half months pregnant. I was living in a camper full time. Yes, and I lived in a camper and I had like the, the whole lineup for me during that time period was insane because the middle of February, I went on a cruise, which we now know is like the worst place to be. I was like in the circulation oh, period, right? I was on a cruise. And then I got back and I immediately flew to Utah for a coaching retreat, right? With, with the women on my team, which was awesome. And I remember my mom actually, because I was like eight months pregnant. My doctor was like, you shouldn't be flying this late in your pregnancy. I'm like, I'm fine. Um, my mom like made me wear a mask on the airplane this was like before masks oh, were thin. before we were masking. And yeah. She gave me all these sanitizers and she was like, just be careful. Like there's a lot of germs when you're flying and there's, she was like, there's stuff going on. Like she like knew about, and I was like, I'm fine, mom. So yeah. you then we get back from Utah, March 1st, like things are starting to happen. My husband and I go to Daytona bike week with 250,000 people, I am eight and a half months pregnant, like literally right when it's all spreading massively. And this is before we know. So right after Daytona, like we start making our way from Florida back to Colorado. Cause I'm going to give birth here in Colorado, everywhere we stop, 
Like we stopped in New Orleans. We're downtown New Orleans. We're at Cafe Dumont. I'm eating beignets. The next day they shut down the town of New Orleans. We go to Dallas. Station zero and all of those places. <laughs> like literally we go to like um, Houston, Texas and we go to a Walmart and people are like clearing the shelves of toilet paper. And we're like, what is happening here? And the next day they shut down Houston and then Dallas, like everywhere on our way back into Colorado, they were talking about shutting down like like the the borders to the state and people were like don't come back here it was just such oh wow surreal surreal i mean just two years ago and our lives have all changed so dramatically and i think some for the better some for the better and some for the worse like everybody's had a different experience with covid and some people have lost family members and lost friends and and it's affected their lives dramatically and you know it's been a really hard time for a lot of people but it's also been a time like for my family and I we had a new baby my baby was born April 22nd 2020 in the hospital like wearing masks and under lockdown and my family couldn't come out and my husband's family couldn't come out and nobody met there. My, my, my son didn't meet any family members until months after he was born. And it was such a strange time, but at the same time, it was a great time for us and our family. Cause we really got to become this unit together and grow together. So I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. I, there's a, I try to go to that gratitude place in all aspects of life, but I won't lie. Like it's been the shittiest two years of my life. So, um, a marriage ended, my dog died, like we had fires in Oregon, you know, a home break in like there, I mean, the list keeps going and going and I like little things just, you know, I, talk about that COVID, that trauma piece. Like sometimes I just like start like the weight of it all. Like I'm just, it's just so heavy, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. so heavy. And I want that feeling that I had, you know, we talk about where we were, you know, February of 2020. I'm like, I just want to feel like feel again. Like I feel so numb and head like weighted down by the, just the weight of all of that's happened and just the hurt collective hurt. And I know our, our, I know. So those of you not watching are not new to us, like, like Courtney, I have very different COVID like light lives are, you know, like she's, you know, we have just, you know, without any judgment, but our, our kind of approach and attitude around the pandemic is couldn't probably be more different and that's okay. Um, I mean, we're obviously still friends, but like, so our experience has, uh, you know, and our experience has shaped that, you know, like how, how we feel and, and um, that, you know, where we go with this, but I, I think I grieve and that's what I'm fighting for. And part of this, letting myself be excited about traveling around the world again. And um, because I lost even my like heart for traveling. I'm like, I don't know that I want to go anywhere. Like, um, home is what feels safe. And so moving across country, I feel like I'm blowing up this, this like sanctuary that I've like hermited in. And so, um, I, I think I just miss the me that, that, I mean, that feeling that, that me that without all this heaviness, you know, 
So I think that's one of the reasons that we're both so drawn to the amazing race and that we love this show so much and that we're so passionate about it. And like why we're doing this podcast is because watching it and, and getting to experience the world and the different cultures. And it reminds us that the world is waiting. Yeah. The world is waiting. And, and I am so thankful that we, I've had the chance. I have the business, we have the space, we have the community to like be virtual and stay home and feel safe and figure out what that safe feels like to us. And also that's not a way to live. And so I know so many I've had to work through over the last several months and what I see people they're stuck in how to like, we say, we want, we want to go back to normal. We're never going to go back to normal, but like, so what is that? So we can't go back to what it was. We have to figure out a new normal and like that leap of faith, that jump, especially as like things haven't even calmed down. It's just hard to know how to navigate that. So if we can jump first and show the world, like show our, our friends and our family and our community, how to just trust fall. And, you know, I've now, I've now have had COVID two and a half times in the last four, three months, four months. You have a half time. I like relapsed court. It was so great. It was like two weeks later. It was the exact, I relapsed. So it was like technically still COVID, but it was the same thing I just had and gotten better for two weeks. So I got whatever the one that I lost my smell. And then um, a month later got uh, Omicron, um, which was way worse, by the way, like way worse. Oh, really? Everybody says it's not as bad. No, it was way worse for me. I'm like 104 temperature. I was in the hospital. Like I couldn't get my fever to break for days. It was crazy. And I'm vaccinated. So regardless, now I feel like I'm like super immune. So I've got vaxxed. I've been two different types of antibodies. I'm like, I'm going to go get boosted. I'm like, bring it on. Just kidding. And I'm over here like complete opposite. I'm like, don't touch me. Um, I won't get tested unless somebody forces me to get tested. Like if it's, unless it's for travel or like, I have to like, you know, I have family members that are compromised or whatever, I'll get tested. But I am like opposite and I haven't knock on wood had COVID yet. So that I know of. You're, you're sick right now. It could be. I mean, I would say if you're, if you've got a cold, it's probably COVID. That's kind of my, uh, but it's like, it's to me, I'm like, it's the flu, right? We got the flu. It's like, I don't know. So once again, hence we have very differing opinions on this, but we are still friends. And, oh, yeah. Um, and you know, it's, that's, that's the beauty of, of life. And, yeah. And- so all this COVID talk to say, like next episode, we're going to be plopped into present day, or I mean, a few, few months back present day. So all of these contestants, we do know that several of the teams didn't come back. Yeah. Um, and we do know that they, I think, should we say last time that they brought back some teams? Some eliminated teams. Yeah. Because they just didn't have enough people. So we'll get it. We'll get caught up on what their COVID life was like. And um, and then just start racing again. There's been some other, we're reading up and, and learning more about the season. There's been some other really cool changes that were, that the pandemic forced the show's hand on how to navigate this worldwide. Cause obviously every country is different. 
the reality and the, the risk is really is real. And so anyway, well, we're excited and we're so thankful you're watching this with us too. We're like, so having fun with this. Yes, you guys like it, share it. You know, if you're watching this on Instagram or YouTube or wherever, share it with your friends. Um, and we appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Yeah, make your predictions in the comments below wherever you're watching this or listening to this. So which teams do you think will or won't come back? Do you have any predictions on that without Googling it? Where do you think? Who do you think is going to still be in it? Okay, bye guys. <laughs>